Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Goodbye, the university. I just love these gatherings. You guys are so much fun to play with. And today I think we have an especially good time in store with our special guest, Keiko Yoshioka, who many of you probably don't know because as Nancy was asking before we hit the recording, she has not been super active in our forums yet, but <laughs> Keiko, you have been, you and I have been playing together already, and I've gotten a glimpse of some, it just feels like you've got some really cool magic, and it isn't just in one area, it's spread across a wide variety <laughs> of places. So I'm, I'm just delighted that you accepted my invitation to share some of your gifts here with us today, but will you give us a proper introduction before we get started with our topic? Sure. Um, my name is Keiko Yoshioka, and I live in the beautiful state of Hawaii. And um, kind of my background is, uh, I guess, more intuitive, maybe shamanic. Um, I'm very much connected with nature. Uh, so, uh, you know, for many years, uh, I've been studying different, um, disciplines and the, um, teacher that I resonated with the most, uh, his name was Kahu Abraham Kauai, and he was a kahuna on the island of Kauai. And for, I think it was six or seven years, uh, I spent half of my time on Kauai and half of my time here at home in Oahu. And, um, I learned a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, it, it pretty much changed my life, and the principles that he taught are pretty much the principles that I still um, use in my everyday life. Um, so how I came across Law of Attraction stuff was, um, well, for years I had been doing um, different types of energy work, and um, being really successful at it, uh, you know, I was really able to fix a lot of things with myself, my family, my animals, and with clients. And um, and things were going really well, but I felt like there was something more that I really wanted. And um, what I, I realized that what I really wanted was a happy and fulfilling life. And so mm. when I came across Abraham, suddenly uh, that spoke to me um, big time. Uh, and when I came to Law of Attraction, it wasn't that I specifically wanted any stuff, any things. It was more that I wanted to, you know, have a fun and exciting life. And so, you know, I, I've been able to, you know, manifest the stuff. But really what's more fun for me is, you know, manifesting the things that are kind of beyond my wildest dreams, the things that are really fun and surprising. And so that's what, you know, really turns me on. And so... Um, I, I realized that um, from talking with a lot of people who were Abraham students, who were Law of Attraction students, was that um, a lot of them were listening to the message, um, but I think a lot of people weren't really understanding how simple the processes were. I think that there's a lot of processes that are put out there, and, um, and maybe people might be trying to do the processes without doing the basic groundwork. 
And so, you know, for me, what made all the magic happen was just appreciation. And, um, you know, once I learned to do that, you know, I felt amazing. You know, I felt blessed every single day. And because of that, my vibration was raised and things just started manifesting like crazy. And not just the stuff, but, you know, situations, conversations with people, all kinds of stuff. And so um, I realized that that's something that I'd really like to um, help people achieve in their own lives is, you know, fun, exciting, happy, fulfilling life with the stuff. The stuff is good, but <laughs> the stuff is like the byproduct, you know? Well, um, yeah. Yeah. So that's, and anyone who's done this enough knows that that stuff isn't necessarily fulfilling in itself. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like the prize in the Cracker Jack box. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's like the fun surprise, but, um, you know, for me, the fun is, is having that Cracker Jack. <laughs> it's having the, you know, all the fun stuff. I the like pleasure. what you said about how some people might be not actually engaging the very foundation of the, of conscious creation. And you talked about just appreciation is what yeah. you started engaging. And you, I gather you mean that just appreciation in general, not like yeah. appreciation for the thing as if you already had it or giving thanks in advance to the universe or anything like that. It's just in general. Yeah, in general. I mean, that's something that I'm doing constantly all the time. Um, and yeah, I mean, when there's something specific that I want, then yes, I will do the appreciation. I that brought me to you, Jeanette, was prey rain journaling. You know, I like ran across this book on Amazon and read it and just kind of went, whoa, <laughs> and started using it and got really incredible results. So, you know, if there's something specific, yeah, I do do, you know, the, the prey rain journaling, appreciating something as if I've already had it. Um, but like I said, in general, in order to feel good, I just appreciate the heck out of everything every day. And and what's fun is actually finding those little things to appreciate that I always took for granted before. So, um, what where can we find you online? Uh, or, my website. Yeah, yeah. It's consciaenergetics.com. K A N like in Nancy S H A energetics.com. Okay, and you, I have not published, you had shared a couple of articles, which I have not, I didn't know whether I should share those links with GVU members or whether we would just direct people to your site to read them. So I haven't shared yeah. those yet. Is that what we're okay. going to talk about next, or tell me where you want to take our conversation next? Um, well, yeah, we can talk about the website if you like. That's that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, I love how um, this one came about. Let's. Why don't you tell us the story here? Yeah. So, um, you know, for years when I had the energy work, uh, you know, when I was doing the energy work practice, um, it was all word of mouth. And um, so I never really felt the need to have a website. Um, but a few, I guess maybe, I don't know, several months ago when things started to shift and I started working in the conscious creation stuff with my work, it, it became pretty evident to me that, um, you know, I needed to do the website. Actually, um, my guides kind of came in and prodded me. And so um, I sat down and kind of was at a loss and feeling kind of overwhelmed. And then um, after a couple weeks, they just said, okay, well, we'll do it for you. (laughs) And I said, okay, yay. (laughs) 
Yay, easy. Yeah, easy. Um, so basically, uh, you know, they basically told me what to write. Um, they helped me find these really incredible photos and put together this really wonderful website. I, you know, I really love this website. It really expresses, you know, what I do with my work. And um, so what happened was, is, you know, all these really kind of beautiful and unusual photos started showing up and, you know, and they're the ones that ended up on the website. And so, um, you know, I was asking them, I said, you know, these photos are pretty amazing. Can you tell me more? And so they started giving me all this energetic information that was contained within the photos on the website. And, you know, what I came to realize was that actually those photos were as much for everybody who looks at the, as, at the website as it was for me. Um, you know, there's a lot of information there that just by looking at it, you know, people can benefit by, even if they're not consciously aware of it. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, really cool. So do we get to hear some stories about the photos that you used on your site? Okay. Um, well, I, I wrote a series of articles about the different photos. You, you can find them on the on the blog page or the website. Um, is there anyone that in particular that kind of captures the star your attention? One. The okay, star the star one. one. Okay. Okay. So um, the on the. Uh, on the modalities page, there's a picture. It's a time-lapse photo of stars in the night sky. And um, when a person takes, you know, just sets up the camera and lets, leaves the aperture open and just kind of lets it sit there all night long, it captures the trails that, we, that are actually um, in the sky from that point of view. And, and what happens is that it's, when you look at it, it circles within – it's like – millions of circles within circles within circles. And when you look at that photo, it is a vortex. And so that started a whole conversation about us actually being in vortexes within vortexes within vortexes. And, um, you know, how that, how that works is that, okay, when you see that photo, you realize that you're standing on the surface of the earth and the earth is rotating. And as that earth is rotating, it is creating the energy of a vortex. Um, and when I was looking at the, at the statistics, okay, so, um, you know, we perceive ourselves as sitting still here on the earth, whereas, mm -hmm. you know, night turns to day, we go through the seasons, and we think we're just standing still here on earth, but in fact, we are traveling at incredible speeds while this is all happening. And so... Um, the Earth rotates on its axis at 1,000 miles per hour. Um, the Earth orbits the sun at 67,000 miles per hour. And our solar system orbits the Milky Way galaxy at 483,000 miles per hour. And the Milky Way galaxy itself spins at 168 miles per second. And all this is happening within a universe that's continually expanding. So that is a heck of a lot of momentum that we have at our disposal if we just choose to expand our perception. Um, and, uh, and so the thing is, 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 you know, Abraham always talks about get into the vortex, get into the vortex, and people are always saying, well, how? How do I get in the vortex? How do I get in the vortex? But when you look at it from this perspective of us standing on this planet, which is spinning, which is in a solar system, which is spinning, which is 
in a galaxy which is spinning, which is in a continuously expanding universe, we're actually in vortexes within vortexes within vortexes. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, basically there's no effort involved. We're already there. <laughs> So, well, that's you know, different what, than what all of the Abraham, Abraham hot seaters ask. Uh, well, not all, but many ask, how do I get in the vortex? Your point being, we already are. This yeah, is it. we already are. <laughs> and, you know, and that's the thing that, um, that I love with my practice and what I like to share with my clients is, you know, I just want to make this process as gentle and as simple as possible. So what can be simpler than knowing we're already in these vortexes within vortexes with vortexes? We don't need to know anything. Ex- we don't need to do anything ex- except know that we're already there. Mm. And, you know, that is a tremendous amount of energy and momentum that we have at our, at our disposal already. Agreed. Yeah. I'm looking at the picture of the birds. And I uh-huh. Mahalo for putting up the story about the Eva birds at Makapu'u. I so appreciated that. My God, Mahalo. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, the Eva are, uh, for those folks who are from Hawaii, <laughs> 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 the, the, the Eva are, they're called frigate birds in, um, in English. And um, what they are is they are master flyers. Okay. Um, they're seabirds, but in fact, they don't have any—they don't have any web feet. They don't have waterproof um, feathers, and so basically, they're not like other birds that can sit and rest on the water. They've got to keep going. And so, um, you know, what's interesting is that we've learned as a species to leverage contrast. Um, you know, basically, you know, logic. Our human logic would say, well, you know, they're not suited to fly over the ocean. You know, they're, they're, they can't sit in the water. They can't rest. But as a species, they've shifted their focus and have become master flyers. And um, they can fly, because researchers have shown that they can fly an average of 255 miles per day for months on end. And they fly tens of thousands of miles without having to stop and rest. Mind and so. Yeah, and and so basically, um, you know, they're able to read energy and, you know, work with how things are flowing. Um, You know, they're able to cruise on air currents, and and they've learned to not effort, not struggle. You know, they they are taking advantage of the momentum that, you know, that they find in their environment. And so, um, you know, basically, to me, you know, they are masters. They are masters of flying. They are masters of energetic navigation. They, they're able to read energy and, um, and use it to their advantage. And so um, what was really interesting was the day that I was writing this, um, this article, uh, you know, I was really resonating with the Eva, you know, because I was writing about the Eva. And, um, and I was driving along these cliffs, the cliff sides at Makapu'u. And, um, you know, Makapu'u, there's like a huge bay there, and um, a lot of people go body surfing and stuff. And I was just driving along these cliffs, and all of a sudden this Eva came and started flying right, right alongside the car. 
And that has never happened to me before in my life, ever. <laughs> he was just standing there. He was just, you know, it felt like he was standing, but he was flying next to me. And basically, if I'd had the window open, I could have reached out and touched him. He was that close. Wow. Yeah. And so, you know, I realized that he was acknowledging, you know, he was acknowledging me and, and that I was um, resonating with the energy. So, you know, that was a really wonderful thing to appreciate, you know, that day. Oh, <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. First time ever. First time ever I've ever seen them there like that. I mean, you know, I've seen them fly over the, you know, over the beach and stuff, but yeah, never next to the car like that. It was pretty amazing. Keiko, in your studies, did you were you ever do you engage any sort of symbolism or messaging from animals? You know how a lot of spiritual teachers will talk about how there's significance. There's nothing random about the animals that we encounter. Oh, yeah, you, absolutely. And I guess I guess you already answered that when I went by saying that you you knew this bird was acknowledging you, I guess. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, um yeah, the animals show up a lot for me. I work a lot with animals doing the energy work. In fact, you know, I started out doing the energy work specifically to work with animals. But what started happening was that their people would see that their animals were doing so good. And so they'd say, hey, what about me? You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that's how I started working more with people. Um, but, yeah, um, animals show up a lot, you know, for me in places and, um, you know, give me a lot of information um, just through their energy, you know, their different energetic qualities. Uh, yeah, so it's a lot of fun. So the kind of work that you do with animals and people, is it pretty much the same or is there a distinction between them? So I wanted to ask you about that. About yeah, well, there's a work. distinction. Yeah. I mean, animals don't care about law of attraction. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know, to a certain extent, they, they understand it, right? I mean, they know that they're creating their their um, realities, you know, and their situations. Um, but in terms of... Uh, Talking, there's a lot more talking going on with the humans than there is with the animals. The animals are pretty straightforward. Um, with the humans, there's a lot more discussion going on. Um, what I really enjoy is combining the energy work with the discussions about conscious creation and, and the different processes people can use because uh, the, the um, energy work can really help people progress in their, in their um, journey, you know, in their journey up the vibrational scale, basically. I mean, if you've got contrast going on, you know, if there's some sort of pain going on, either physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, um, sometimes it can be kind of challenging, you know, to overcome that. You can certainly do it just by doing appreciation, but for some people it can be kind of hard to um, to shift their focus. And so what the energy work does is it, it provides relief, um, and uh, and so that kind of frees you up, makes it a little bit easier for you to shift your focus to appreciation and, and rise up the vibrational scale. Well, will you tell us whether you had to learn how to read energy or have you always been able to do that? Um, well, I, I've always been able to do it to a certain extent. I mean, when I was a small child, I would always sense um, you know, consciousness in you know, animals and plants and rocks and all kinds of stuff. Um, but it wasn't until I, I think it probably started 
getting more refined. Um, I, I lived in New Mexico for many years, and it kind of started getting more refined there because, um, you know, living in Taos, you're surrounded by nature. You know, you're. What? Says the yeah, girl from Hawaii. This is blowing my <laughs> mind. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I ended up. I went to massage school in New Mexico and stayed in Taos for many years. And um, when you're in that environment, you are a very small person in, you know, this grand scale landscape and nature. So, you know, it afforded me a lot of space to be able to get in touch with that. And then when I came back to Hawaii and started um, studying with Kahu, um, he, he would never really talk about things directly. His, his workshops are more experiential. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, being in the workshops and also, uh, you know, doing certain excursions with him, spending time with him, you know, away from the classes, you know, through observation and feeling, I was really able to um, hone that a lot more. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. That's and then once I, I started, <laughs> yeah, and, and then, and once I, and then once I started doing the energy work, then it became much more directed, you know, much more specific, much more directed. And so, yeah, it, it's been a long process, but, um, but yeah, it, it's something that I've had with my entire, my entire life. But we all have it. It's just a matter of degrees as to how far removed we are from it, but we all have access to that. Uh, is it a, my prejudice that people in Hawaii are more attuned to it than elsewhere? Um, <laughs> I, I don't know about that. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it, it is a place where the veil between worlds is very thin. Well, maybe um, that's what, maybe that's what, because some, something about Hawaii, I was in Maui only, I haven't been anywhere else, but I've been there a couple times and it felt crazy cool, Yeah. crazy cool yeah. energy. And I, I want, is it the people or the place? I, maybe I was sensing something different. It's, I don't know. I can't believe it was it, personal to me though. Yeah, it's the place, it's the energy of the place, and there are a lot of people, you know, the Native Hawaiians, I mean, yeah, they have access to that, you know, it's it's pretty close to the surface for them. And, you know, a, a lot of people here are of Asian descent, and so, you know, those Asian cultures are also nature-based cultures, you know, mm. and so people have access to that. Um, but like I said, you know, you can access this anytime, any place, I and mean, you could access it even in the middle of New York City, you know. It's just a matter of being able to tap into that. Well, that's what I had a channeling session with Pata a couple months ago, and I asked about, I don't know, the energy of places or sacred places or something like that, and they said everywhere is sacred. <laughs> so mm-hmm. what you just yeah. said about New York really reinforces that. Yeah, absolutely, because, you know, I've lived in a lot of different places in my life, and um, and I always thought, well, if I just go to this place, it'll just feel that much better, and and I go to that place, and really the only thing that made me feel better was me, <laughs> and so, you know, it really does come back to, um, you know, me, myself, and I in terms of being able to access the information that I want to access wherever I want to access it. Wherever, so what whenever. Think, what's one of the greatest gifts of learning or experience that you had with with Kahu, your Hawaiian Kahuna? Oh boy, wow. Um, there's so much there. 
like I said, I mean, uh, you know, everything that um, everything that he taught me has completely changed the way I look at life in the world. Um, I think I think the main thing I took away from my time with Kahu was uh, an understanding of myself and my connection with with anything and everything, my connection with the world. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's like before that I'd always heard, you know, we're all connected, we're all one, yada, yada, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it wasn't (laughs) like, okay, that sounds good. But but it wasn't until, you know, I actually experienced that on an energetic level, you know, being with Kahu, that I really got a deep understanding of what that meant. So I'm curious to hear about rainbows as full circles. Another one of the photos on your website that I... Didn't, I skipped. I asked you something else before I, you finished with some of the fabulous stories behind the images that you're using here, but I'd love to hear that one. Okay. So, um, yeah, there's a picture of a rainbow in the shape of a full circle over a mountain in Hawaii. That's actually Olomana. It's um, a town. It's, it's a, a mountain that kind of overlooks the town that I live in. And, um, you know, basically... When people look at that photo, they ask me, "Is that real? Was that photoshopped?" <laughs> like, and and what's interesting is that that is absolutely real, and actually all rainbows are full circles, and um, we just don't realize it because we're standing on the ground looking up, and and the horizon blocks it blocks our view of the bottom half of the rainbow, and so we think that. Oh, rainbows are arcs. They're just arcs. That's the reality of things. They're just arcs. Rainbows are arcs. And then when we see that picture, suddenly it's like, oh, they're not arcs. What is this? And then we find out that that is actually the truth of the matter. That's the whole picture. And so, um, you know, the reason why the guides chose that was because it really illustrates how our perspective um, determines our perception of reality. And that there are a whole lot of realities out there that we are not aware of because we're used to looking for things with our two eyes. Mm-hmm. And, so, and because of um, our perspective, right? I mean, it, yeah, yeah. You look at something from one angle, it looks this way. If you could get a different angle on it, it will look completely different. Exactly, exactly. And once you learn that there are a whole lot of different realities out there that are, you know, if you just look at things from a different angle, if you change your point of view and your perspective. Whole new worlds open up to you. Yeah. Well, and, and that know, we know as conscious creators, we know how um, empowering and liberating it is to have that flexibility of perspective, because that changes yeah. everything. Yeah, because it changes everything, and and suddenly the world becomes full of infinite possibilities. Mm-hmm. You know, just because I'm not seeing it with my two eyes in the moment. It it doesn't matter, you know, all any and all possibilities are out there. Everything is happening all at once in all these different realities. And so, you know, we can we can choose to allow those other realities to show up and become part of our reality. And that's what conscious creation is. That's it's the heart that of allowing. It, it? Yeah, yeah, it's that allowing. It's that allowing of of, you know, whatever reality pleases us the most in that moment to show up. So I'm curious about your 
relationship, how you hear your guides, is do you hear it or do you feel it? Or and also, do your guides change over time, or do you have some? Is it the same ones that it's been forever? I'm just kind of curious about because what you described as your relationship with your guides is so much more. I don't know. It feels clear and profound. I would. Mm-hmm. I'd love to have one of those myself. <laughs> I'd love for my guides to write my next article. That'd be cool. <laughs> yeah, it helps a whole lot when they they can come in and write for you. <laughs> um, um, well, uh, for me, um, it started out as just intuition. Um, you know, uh, I would always get these intuitive hits as a child and would was really good about following through. And then of course, as I got to be an adult, it was like, you know, what are you imagining? This doesn't make sense. And, you know, I was blocking out a lot of stuff. And then what would happen was that, you know, I'd stop following what I was being told and um, a whole lot of not really good or fun stuff started happening. And so I learned, okay, um, this is valid. You know, this is, this is really, really valid. Let me follow this. And so um, over the years, I just became really good at listening to what I thought was just my intuition. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's a big difference between intuition and guidance from guides because intuition implies that this is coming from within me and it's kind of limited with, um, by what my thoughts are and what I think is possible in the moment. And so um, it wasn't until I finally acknowledged my guides that suddenly I started getting information that was kind of above and beyond anything I could ever think of. Hmm. I like that distinction between intuition and input from guides. Yeah, yeah. Because basically, um, you know, I wouldn't have been able to come up with this website on my own. (laughs) Um, You know, er everything that was written and, and, these photos that were chosen and all the energetic information and, and all that in both the text and the, um, and the photos um, were selected by the guides. Okay. Because of your relationship with animals, I feel like you've got some special insight into, well, obviously the ones that I've asked you about from my own animals, uh, you've been very helpful there, but I, I wonder about just animals in general. Like, do you, do they have I've I've heard before and I've questioned when they t- like there's a difference between wild animals and domesticated animals and that I've heard that like dogs and cats in particular who've chosen to be domesticated they have like a sacred contract with humans. Mm-hmm. It is is any what's your take on the role of animals in life in general and then in our lives as companion animals? Um, well, I, I see animals as, um, I mean, you know, to me, they're their own separate beings with their own separate, you know, wants and needs and, and they're, you know, they're creating their own lives for themselves. Um, the difference between, for me, between domesticated animals and, you know, wild animals is that, um, you know, yes, they've decided that they want to share their lives with us. Um, and so, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're, uh, they're, uh, well, I'm trying to get this information out here just a second. Um, and so their experiences are, um, are greatly intertwined with ours. Um, I, I, for me, I'm, I'm not, 
I'm not into those terms of sacred contract because to me, contract is a bit too binding. I feel like, you know, even domesticated animals have a choice as to whether or not they come and go um, physically or non-physically. Um, and and um, basically, we are living together, but we are living side by side. I don't feel like we are Do they bound care to each at all? other. Do they care at all what we want, <laughs> or is it very depending on the animal or the species? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, it, it varies upon the animal. Dogs in general, of course, really do care about us and, and you know what we're doing and thinking, and, and they're very much bound up in that because they're pack animals. You know that's that's what they do. That's that's their nature. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Do they do they reincarnate back to us? Like you know how when we lose an animal. Oh, uh-huh, they can. They can. Okay. Well, I I imagine this is a lot of what you cover. Well, maybe not. I don't know. What the work that you do with people around their animals is it mostly for physical healing or is it for other things as well? Sounds like I lost Keiko. I'm sure she'll dial back in. That's funny. Mercury retrograde at the beginning of the call and chat room. I said, uh, FYI, I my Phone got disconnected on three different calls yesterday. If it happens here today, I'll dial right back in. <laughs> I just noticed. Yeah, uh, Jeanette, I just noticed um, uh, somebody's hung up. Hawaii is hung up. Yeah, I'm sure she'll be right back, uh, yeah. unless her her power is out. In fact, I believe in her area they were having what's the name of the oh what is it? It's never two, happened out there, there before. Two, the, there were two hurricanes that are were headed. Hawaii. Yeah. The first one went south. It went on. Now the second one is gradually making its way up. We're watching it. Um, maybe Oahu, where she is, will get hit. Um, oh, no. Let's hope not, because I've been doing energetic work that uh, one goes south and one goes north. One went south, Nancy. One Mahalo. went south, and yeah. I've, done this many, I've done this many times. Send this one a little Hawaii. bit further north. <laughs> I call on the Hawaiian ancestors and ask them to help us every mm. single time. It, it, You're cool. Whatever I ask for, it, well, Jeanette, imagination creates reality. <laughs> well, what's so cool is that you are, like, it's not like you have friends and family in Hawaii that you're paying close attention to. You just feel like a good steward of Earth to be mm-hmm. throwing your powers at a place where it doesn't even remotely affect you. Hi, Jeanette. I'm back. Sorry about that. Hi, Keiko. Hey, Nancy was just telling us about how she's been playing with the weather patterns. She's been doing this for some time because I said, I uh, wonder if it's your if it's a weather-related issue that just <laughs> caused your disconnection. But but um, I know, and I know Native Americans have a very strong cultural history of being able to play with weather in the way Nancy was describing while while you mm-hmm. were not here. But um, mm-hmm. is that is that uh, is that something you play with too? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do energy work. In fact, right now we are between hurricanes. <laughs> um, oh, no. One just passed. Yeah, one just passed yesterday, and one is on its way uh, on. I think it's supposed to come to us by Saturday, but um, it won't because I and some friends of ours are, are working on it right <laughs> Me too. now. And, really? yeah, Nancy, Nancy's one of your friends. Yeah, you guys are so cool. Yeah. Well, and Jeanette, you said even though I don't have friends in Hawaii, the thing is, is I have visited Hawaii, so 
I feel a connection to Hawaii, even oh. though I don't mm-hmm. live there. There's a connection I feel. So, uh, yeah, I, anytime I see that there's something, they're like, a dead hit is intended for Hawaii, I'm like, oh, no. And then I call in, like I was telling Jeanette, I call in the uh, Hawaiian ancestors and ask them mm-hmm. to help me. And I feel, energetically, I feel like there's a shield around mm-hmm. the islands where, mm-hmm. you know, rain rainstorms can get in and bring rain and what mm-hmm. have you, but really heavy storms with a lot of wind, they... Mm-hmm their sheer power works against them and they're deflected away from the islands. That's the feeling mm-hmm. that I get when I do this mm-hmm. work. But yeah. Well, that's really interesting, Nancy, because, um, because I have an instrument that does specifically that. Um, wow. And yeah. Yeah. So what do you mean by instrument? Um, it's called a harmonizer. Um, they were created by a man whose name was Slim Sterling. Um, his, he he transitioned to non-physical a while ago, but his wife still runs the company and is still doing research. Um, if you want to take a look, uh, their, their website is lightlifetechnology.com. And um, basically he created these rings that were made of copper that were plated with different metals. And according to the different lengths um, that are used to make the rings, the rings have different properties, but basically all they do is convert energy. And so he created these harmonizers using the rings and also um, another instrument that he calls the Acubat coil. And basically what it does is it um, cycles energy through it uh-huh. and converts energy as, um, as, 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 um, as the energy goes through it. And so that's, yeah. that's, what, that's what Nancy's picking up on is that. And there's there's some of us in the islands who have it. I'm really really um, working on getting someone on the Big Island to get one because it's the, I, that's kind of the weak spot. There's nobody on the Big Island that has one, and so that's why the storms keep kind of hitting the Big Island. But um, if you folks know anybody on the Big Island who'd be interested in, in purchasing one of those, please have them contact me on the website, and um, I can direct them to to the instrument that would, you know, work best for that. And um, basically what I've done is um, energetically created a grid between all the different harmonizers on the islands and um, have used it to amplify the field. But um, the reach is kind of limited by, you know, EMS, and we've got a lot of VOG, a lot of, you know, particulate from the um, volcano in the air, and so that kind of interferes with the range. So um, that's why I really am wanting to find someone on the Big Island to um, get, it's actually called a storm chaser. Um, And it was created specifically for hurricanes. Um, What happened was, is after Katrina, um, Slim created the storm chaser specifically to work with hurricanes. And and as you said that, Keiko, this is Nancy, I just got the impression that, um, Gosh, there are some there there's at least one high-end resort on the Big Island that I would mm-hmm. think for nothing other than protecting the property <laughs> would be mm-hmm. more than happy to purchase one and could easily afford more than one. <laughs> okay. And, well, let's and talk. I, yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure cuz um I, 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 there's you know we we do everything we can to extend that that um, seal that range and um we were pretty successful last year um I'll show you the picture of uh I think we had 15 storms and none of them actually hit any of the islands um but um yeah it's 
it's really important that we get one down on the Big Island. So, yeah, Nancy, if, if you can hook somebody up with me, that would be pretty awesome. And I have some friends on Facebook who are in Hawaii, so I would hear about mm-hmm. storms because they would say, yeah. oh, we're hunkering down or we're whatever. And I mm-hmm. would immediately go into um, a meditative state and feel the energy. And I did feel, you know, I knew nothing about this harmonizer that you're talking about, but I mm-hmm. really did sense that the um, the ancient Hawaiians had already put something in place to yeah. protect the islands. So something was already mm-hmm. there, but the harmonizers mm-hmm. are, it sounds like are definitely, you know, helping. And then you have people mm-hmm. like me that are not connected, that don't know anybody else that's doing mm-hmm. this, that just were mm-hmm. inspired to do it on their own. And there may be thousands of us, you yeah, know, like that, that are a lot of people who are helping for sure. Yeah. 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 Much appreciated. Much appreciated. Yeah. And isn't that so, said in the beginning, Keiko, about like real, what really blew you away? Like when you, you getting the connection that we're all connected. Yeah, mm. yeah. Very the story so, yeah. going now, just with Nancy tapping in, you know, to the if that this is beautiful. Mahalo. Mahalo. Oh, thanks, Nancy. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So Keiko, can I put you to work right yeah. now? Okay. <laughs> hey, uh just uh, just to give people a sample of the sorts of stuff you could do, like um I you guys, every time I talk to Keiko She's like, Jeanette, if there's anything I can ever do for you, let me know. I'm like, oh, okay, since you asked. <laughs> Not every time I've had something for her. Okay, two foster cats, and I'm mm-hmm. getting ready to move. And um, my rescue group is a little uncooperative because I had suggested that once I move, bringing them to meet and greet could be challenging, so it would be really great if they got adopted before I moved. Mm-hmm. And I and I didn't tell her that these were going to be special adoptions. Like, they're going to have one one of my foster cats, she peed on the stove, and once she peed on the counter, and once she peed on the couch. Okay, she's young. Mm-hmm. This is problem mm-hmm. behavior in a cat. This Not everyone would mm-hmm. do well with this kind of behavior in a cat. So I wanted to tell her, look, this is can't just be any adoption. And apparently in my house, she's not doing well. Like if she's getting bad behavior because of a multi-cat household, maybe she needs to be somewhere else. I didn't want her to sit at a PetSmart in a, for a week, but they they do often get adopted there. I didn't want to make her do mm-hmm. it, but I thought maybe I should. Anyway, I write them. I say, I think we better maybe consider bringing these guys, they, and they didn't write me back. Like five messages gone completely unanswered. And mm-hmm. so I thought today maybe these, how do I know? Here's my question. Are these supposed mm-hmm. to be my cats? Should I take them with me? And also today I took them outside because I thought, well, if these are going to be my cats instead of foster cats, they got to learn mm-hmm. the inside-outside routine because, long-term residents here, we can't keep everything locked up forever because everyone does do in and out really well. And I thought, I'm going to start teaching them. So I took them outside. Oh, my God, you guys, it was the absolute best when these goofy cats were on the grass for the first time, seeing birds for the first time. It was, <laughs> it was you were, I just, I had tears in my eyes watching how much they loved being outside, just rolling around on cement. Nancy, I thought of earthing. It was just, it was just amazing. Okay, and then I brought them back inside because technically these are foster cats, and I'm sure somewhere along the line I signed a contract where I said as a foster mom I would never let them outside. <laughs> I really kind of feel like the foster group is like gone awol on me. Mm-hmm. How do I know what to do? How do I know what's right by these cats? How do maybe you know what's right by these cats, <laughs> and you could just tell me. I don't know. 
But um, is this the sort of thing that your clients would bring to you, or is it mostly just like physical ailment-based work that you do? It's mostly physical ailment-based work. Um, you know, there is some behavioral stuff. Um, what I'm getting from these little cats is that, um, yeah, it, it feels like the timing isn't right for them to get adopted right now. Um, yeah, it feels like they're supposed to make that move with you. All righty then. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Because, um, yeah, because I think what's going on is um, on your part, a bit of pushing going on. Sorry, there is a bit of pushing. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at the and, calendar, and starting to feel pressure. Like, yeah, sorry. yeah, and that, and they're feeling that pressure, and that's why the uh, being on the counter. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. uh, I got yeah, it. Yeah, so, so pressure um, off. Yeah, so pressure off. Um, Are we approved for outdoor activities, or is that a bad, bad, bad idea? No, no, outdoor activities is awesome. They love that. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, um, yeah, so. Um, have you been using that flower since that I told you to get, my dear? Ooh. I've been much more regular with the Nutra vet thing that you gave me for Joe. I, in fact, just yesterday I was thinking I probably should be more liberal with my flower essence than I have been. Yes, yes, most okay. definitely, especially because the move is coming up. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, I need it yeah. on my own damn self. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nancy and Jasmine, you're funny. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, um, yeah, I, you know, for the one who peed, I would especially, you know, spray the flowers and sun on your hands and, and just rub it through the fur, you know, help calm, calm you know them. Um, She's a super hmm? freak for baked goods. I have never had a cat so interested in pastries, breads, cookies. She's a super freak. <laughs> I've never had a cat. Like, baked goods so much. I can lock them up. <laughs> Um, well, I think that this cat had been a person before and really loved the baked goods, and so that's kind of turning over. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> yeah. She's a sweet girl. She's the one, for, some of you might remember, when I had the litter of kittens, they, they, gave, they came with an orphan who was like four weeks older. She was the older girl. She was, the, she was the giant of the whole litter. She picked on everyone, mm-hmm. but she was bigger. And now... She got adopted with one of those with one of those other kittens, and now that other kitten is ginormous compared to her. She's a teeny little girl, and this other kitten now she beats up on the kit. They're they're a year now. She beats up on the whole house. She's in charge of everybody. It's crazy. Yeah. So um, yeah, please do the the flower okay. things for everybody. Thank like you. I said, you could just yeah, you could just spray their water because they're all drinking out the same water, right? Or spray yeah, it on uh, the food. Yeah, they kind of they kind of all do share. Thank yeah. you. You can spray it on their food, and, you know, if individuals kind of stick out, like the one who's being the bully or the one who's peeing, then that's the ones that you spray it on your hands okay. and rub it to the fur. Okay? All right, will do. Thank you. Yeah. Does anyone You're else welcome. have any questions for Kate? I do. I do. Okay. I do. Uh, hi, my name's Melissa. Hi, guys. Hi, Melissa. Uh, hi. Uh, is it okay if I have two questions? Sure. Okay, my first question is about my Yorkie. Um, she's mm-hmm. 12. And I am in the midst of manifesting a move, and I notice, this is really weird, that when I feel better about the move, her arthritis is better. And when Mm -hmm. I feel bad, it's really bad. So when Mm -hmm. you were talking about amping up the appreciation, I really want to learn some techniques because I really have noticed that her arthritis gets really bad when I'm not okay. 
Yeah. And I made the connection a couple of days ago. I was like, oh. So I really want to mm-hmm. figure out how to amp up appreciation for for me and really for her leg. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, there's a couple ways you can do that. Um, you know, for me, what I love to start with is doing an appreciation journal. So, okay. you know, just grab a notebook and, you know, every day um, you can either do it throughout the day or when you're about to go to bed. It's just write at least five things that you appreciate about that day. And it could be as simple as I've got a roof over my head yes. and I've got food to eat. And it can get, you know, as big as fancy as you want to. But <laughs> but actually, I like <laughs> to keep it really simple, right, because those are the things that are in our everyday lives that, that are kind of there for us at all times. Right. And, and what will happen is that over time, you'll, you'll just start building momentum. You know, it, it'll become easy. And, and as you get more used to appreciating throughout the days, then you'll, you'll just start looking and, just, and you'll keep finding things to appreciate. Okay, so thank that, you. Yeah, so that's building momentum. And then um, if if you like, there's um, some supplements I can recommend. Okay. Um, yeah, there's um, a flower essence formula called Animal Release Formula. Okay. It's made by the Flower Essence Society. And um, that is really good for any animals that are having any sort of trauma or going through any sort of transitions. Um it, you know, any kind of injuries, moves, um, new animals being introduced, you know, old animals okay. leaving, people leaving, people coming, you know, all that kind of stuff, it's, it's really good for that. Okay. And you can get it at the Florissant Society website or um, iHerb.com will carry it. And it comes in a spray. And, um, I'm spraying mine spray right now. For you, Jeanette. Like uh, you know, spray it in the water or on their food, or like I was telling Jeanette, you can spray it on the palms of your hand and just kind of rub it through their fur. Okay. And yeah, and there's also a supplement, um, especially for any animals. Well, I think it's for any animals really, but um, you know, good for animals who are older and also any animals that are going through any health challenges. It's called um, Nuvet Plus. Okay. And they've got a website, and um, for the cats, they've got a powder. That you can mix into their food. Jo- and really, guess really what? They, they like the powder. Like it's a treat here. Mm-hmm. I thought, how am I going to get Joe to eat this? Oh my gosh, no, he loves it. Oh, that's good. And, yeah. And, yeah, and I will say really this too. Easy to digest. Yeah. I've been using other supplements, including probiotics, on Joe for a while. Mm-hmm. And once mm-hmm. he started on this, I his poop got really fabulous. Oh, mm-hmm. good. Man. I'm just yeah. saying. His poop should have, it was already pretty rock star, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> it's like even better? I'm, I, I mean, I, it's probably doing all sorts of good things, but the one thing that I can definitely see, yeah, I thought, I, I might put the other dogs on it too, just because I shouldn't hoard this from Joe. See, yeah. Jeanette, you, you can get excited about poop too. I can't believe I just said that on a recorded call, but you know, <laughs> thank you guys so much. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. But yeah, no, this is important because it, it it reflects the overall health of of the being. Yes, this is important. It's good to know. It's good to see good poop. <laughs> <laughs> M- Melissa, kudos yeah. to you for making the connection between your own vibrational state and your Yorkies. 
Yeah, thank yeah. you. She's yeah, my baby. I've had her forever. And you know, I actually made the connection when I went on my senior prom. I couldn't find mm-hmm. my phone, and mm-hmm. she panicked. And this, this oh, was boy. 10 years ago, and I thought, that's weird. You know, like she didn't lose her phone. <laughs> But when I was in the car on the way to the prom, I said to my prom date, I said, I, was like, I think Star was actually more upset that I lost my phone than I was. And ever since then, I have, we just, she's my baby. So I just have made yeah. the connection. Yeah. You know, yeah. So that's why it's really important for us to tend to our vibration, you know, especially when we've got pets because, and, and dogs most especially, right? Yeah. You know what's uh, so interesting yeah. to me? My ex talks about how the connection between, him and his favorite dog, so it's such a strong connection that he'll purposely try to have manage his own vibration, not for his own sake, but for his dog's sake. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, you're a good reason enough to do it, but anything that makes us, you know, want yeah. to find the joy, want to be peaceful, want to feel good, is a good reason. Yeah, I guess. yeah, yeah. And that's the gift that that dogs give us. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Thank that's you. Mentality. You're welcome. My pleasure. Anyone else have a question for Keiko? We're about at the top of the hour. Yeah, one quick one, Keiko. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you study Lomi Lomi with Kahu? Um, yeah, I, I was studying body work. Well, actually, when I went, I assumed that I was going to go study body work. But mm-hmm. what happened was is after the first class, he pulled me out of class and maybe a, a staff person. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> And so I can't really say that I studied body work with Kahu because I was basically a staff person. And people probably saw me as like the disheveled, sweaty person in the kitchen. But, but really I was studying, but in a different, with uh, you know, kind of in a different uh, mode than everybody else. I've heard of Loni Loni, but I don't know exactly what it is. It's a Hawaiian-style body work. Did you tell um, me about it, Keiko? You might have. Or I read about I, it. Yeah, I think you read about it. I don't think we really discussed my okay. my body work time because, like I said, I I wasn't really studying body work with Kahu. It was yeah. You know, like I said, I got pulled out and became a staff person and was doing other stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, basically, what he was teaching was personal development and doing it through different avenues. Like you know, there were body work classes, there were geomancy classes, there were hula classes. Um, but basically, you know, they were all kind of the setting for people to get to know themselves and their in relationship to their environment. Okay, so what are your thoughts on? I'd really like to hear you pronounce it. Ho'oponopono. Um, I think that I mean we didn't do it personally with Kahu, um, so you know uh, I can't say that I've studied it in length. But from what I've seen, it, it seems like you know it can be a really good process for people. Yeah, I think a lot of conscious creators are familiar with it because of Joe Vitale's yeah. spreading the message from. I think it was Dr. Hugh Len, Nancy. Is that who wrote? Yeah, it's Hulen Ihaliakala or something like that. Oh. But yeah, and then there's that auntie, um, that other oh, woman yeah. that she's she's also talking about it from a different um, perspective, more of a Hawaiian mm-hmm. perspective. The auntie mm-hmm. is that who you? Yeah. Mean? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All sorts of fun things to learn everywhere, I guess. And Keiko, I'm so grateful that you spent time with us to share insights and what you've 
learned and where your gifts are. Thank you for answering my questions. And <laughs> is there, are there, is there any parting message you'd like to share with us or any call to action, anything you want to wrap up our call with? Oh, well, I just like to encourage everybody to have fun in their lives and, and just appreciate <laughs> the heck out of everything. You know, it's like um, really that is the key to anything and everything you could possibly ever want in this life is appreciation. Once you start appreciating things and, you know, by law of attraction, you will start appreciating more, th- you will start receiving more things to appreciate. So appreciate as much as you can all the time, anytime, and more stuff to appreciate will show up. And um, that, to me, is the key to a happy and fun life. Well, and have fun with it. Lots of fun. That's my kind of call to action. Thanks, Keiko. (laughs) And thanks, everyone, who joined us for this call today. It was fun to play with you again. Great way to start a new month. Oh, so this is, is it a new moon today, Keiko? Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. Oh, so what should we be doing with that? Anything? Uh, Well, if you want. (laughs) Um, You know, new moon is the time of infinite possibilities. It's the time of you know, the greatest uh, receptivity. So, yeah, if you want to start new projects, it's a good time to do that. Um, yeah, good time to have a lot of fun. I love that. All right, I'm going to go <laughs> line up some more fun for myself. Thanks for the inspiration. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> All right, thanks, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your day, and we'll see you on our next call. Thanks again. Thanks, Keiko. Thank 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 thanks, Matt. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you. everyone. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.